With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, one and all, to Fire, Songs of Fire and Other F-Words. You just absolutely butchered it. It's yeah. a song of ice and all and other F-Words. A song of fire and other F-Words. We'll go with that. This is Football and Other F-Words. Shit done flogging. And <laughs> we're just flogging around. This is this is Football and Other F-Words, and uh, we're talking to Game of Thrones. It's the Game of Thrones bonus episode. There's only one left. So now that we've seen, I think it was called The Bells, yeah, episode bells. five, second yeah, to last episode one. Five. Give me, give me a, a out of ten. Give me a, give me a number rating. I'll give it a seven. So ten being great, you say seven. Yeah, I think it's above average. Zebo, I think it's definitely a nine. A nine. It could, it, it was probably in. A lot of it had to do with cinematography and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like Barry a few weeks ago where I said it was probably a top ten, top five. This is a top ten, top five episode across all genres of TV. Wow. In my opinion. Like transcending the show itself. Wow. It's pretty close. It's probably my favorite and most memorable episode of this series. You are going to be so disappointed about oh, the I, listen, dumps I'm going to take on multiple you, parts of this You episode. can take all the dumps that you want. <laughs> They're going to be disproven. I have fifty. <laughs> I have fifty reasons why the Daenerys thing is not that crazy. Well, if that's all you're coming armed with, I'm going to disappoint you because my Daenerys argument is not even the biggest part. Of well, it. I like you have it. Fifty reasons and a brawn ain't one. Yeah, hey, ain't a brawn ain't one. Um, so I, I'm going to split the difference between y'all, and I'm going eight on this episode. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ! Hey. For everyone who complained about Lebowski's volume these last few episodes, there you go. That was, that was an opening salvo. That was, that was unintended. Maybe that's, maybe that's why DJ EJ always had your volume turned down, because you burped <laughs> constantly. You burped like Drogon. Fucking Dracarys over here. That was out of hand. I'm very sorry. Good lord. Um, so, I guess the biggest thing... <laughs> Can't even get through the introduction. It was just, you're, you it haven't was, even introduced us yet. It was so violent. I'm sorry. Get us back on track. Yeah, you're right. I haven't introduced us. How rude of so me. So you, you're in at you're at an eight. Uh, I'm at. A, I believe it was an eight. I'm Internet Keith. We of course have uh, Mr. Lebowski, <laughs> yeah. Michael Gillum, and uh, Zebo, Zach Did, Lyons. Give me here. a PBR. I don't want to. You don't want. I don't want to light. I mean, that's what I'm drinking. I think that's what just calls the explosive. I mean, it, <laughs> mouth discharge and, I just had. And I drink Michelob Ultra, and I think Bud Light is too watery. Like, I just don't think there's any flavor it's, to it. it. There's not. This is just, it's in front of me. So. Yeah. 
Thank you, Anheuser Bush. All right, so on to the episode. Let's talk about it. I thought this was this was the greatest dragon sequence I've ever seen Absolutely. in film or TV ever. It it captured the like pure terror that it would absolutely be during that period better than dennis quay talking to sean connery and Dragonheart. um slightly better yeah better than rain of fire rain of fire was pretty rain of fire dope. was yeah better than uh angelina jolie turning into maleficent Mal- maleficent I have no is idea. she efficient I'm t- <laughs> i have no idea M- Maleficence? Maleficence. And, and I say, oh, I knew it. I knew you knew it deep down. That's it. just a he word. Was, I don't know what it means. You're stumble over <laughs> yeah. first, and then he could come in with the, his actual thought knowledge. Hey, hats uh, off to Actually, <laughs> it's Maleficence. <laughs> hats off to the producers and directors and whatnot of not fucking up the dragons. Not fucking up the dragons. Series. And they managed 650 extras on set. Woo. I can't even begin to t- explain the terror I would feel if they told me I had to manage 650 people on set and get them dressed and feed them and get them running through the streets in terror <laughs> at a fake dragon. And especially if one of them is Aaron Rodgers, because he's like, no, I know how to do this. Yeah, he's calling audibles over yeah. there, saying that he wants the director fired. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm, I'm used to tearing things down. Just call Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid A-Rod jokes there. A hey, Aaron. Um, well, let let me ask you all some questions. Sure. Uh, this is we're in non-book territory, right? Yeah, we're, oh, we're, we're, Keith we're very remind, the books. remind yeah, the audience once again. Keith, have you read the books? Mm-hmm. Lebowski, you've read yes. them twice. Yes, I've read them zero times. So we got zero, one, two. So we have the perfect encapsulation. Encapsulation. I don't like using the word perfect there because that that seems like you're painting us up to be scholarly. Well, no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I think I, I think we have the experienced reader, the intermediate reader, and the beginner reader. And I just want to preface the audience that I lose my wallet about three times a week. So yeah, I, I've locked myself out of the house already two t- two times in the last two months. I would like you to refer to me as the maester from here on out. Okay. Oh my god! All right, so let's hit him with a question. Internet maester Keith. Yes. Um. Let's let's talk about the beginning of the episode. We're just gonna take it one at a time. Let's let's talk about the 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 what is it? The recap of like previously on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Do you think because the big thing, the big the big complaint from the wide majority is Daenerys's sudden turn into the Mad Queen and them trying to rationalize insanity. Do you think they did enough in that one little scene where they're zooming in slowly with all the voiceovers onto Danny in the previously on Game of Thrones, and that being the effective last clip into this week's episode? I mean, they, they've always led you into what was going to happen in that episode almost too heavily handed for me. I've I've always kind of felt that, like, they steer you so hard in that previously on that it's annoying to me. And I guess I understand that I'm, I'm kind of fanatical when it comes to the show. Like I'm more invested than a lot of people are, but at the same time, I feel like they, they direct you in, in that previously on a little too hard. So you think the directors directed you too much? Yes. Okay. I, I, I'll answer that question, but I'll actually take it a step further because I don't like that with any show. The reason why is because on a long-standing series where if you're watching and then it says previous on and it shows a clip from season four and you're on season six, 
it gives it away if they're going to bring back a plot device or a character or something right there at the beginning of the episode previous on and here's a character you haven't heard from in like a and year here's Benjen start from right, season right. one and you're like why are they bringing him up and so you know you're going to get a Benjen Stark appearance, or you know that's why I don't like it. I personally skip over them. Like I don't, I don't watch them with any show. I'll skip over them. But to answer your question, kind of what you're doing with the, with the context of the show, uh, my I, I don't subscribe to the theory of they ruined Danny's character by making her insane. That's a complete overreaction. It is. Yeah. My complaint, well, and we'll get into that later. Sure. But I am, I'm at least glad that I don't have to fight that narrative God, no, tonight. No, and you're, you're not. Like I'm not. I don't think either one of us, and I'm not going to pretend to speak for Keith, but I don't think either one of us are about to sit here and have this irrational argument that they made this woman insane out of nowhere. That is complete bullshit. Yeah. Thank you. Because to me, that was like one of the things I had yeah. ready, locked and loaded yeah. was to just <laughs> yeah. fucking just you shoot don't. that down like <laughs> the red keep. Right. Burn it all down because I mean they have right. Yeah, I mean they, they're but, spread crumbs galore yeah. throughout the series. Oh, I mean everywhere. Well, do you want to just get into it with Danny? I, I think we just. Well, do you just want to start with Danny? I, I think yeah, we start let's, with let's Danny because that's that's the prevalent. That's the biggest part of social media right now, and so, it's the biggest part of the episode. So, is is there anything about Danny's story or Danny's? I don't know. Result. The her, the her Breaking Bad. Her Breaking Bad. What what is your big this really grinds my gears kind of kind of thing. Most of it is a logistical thing. Simply because for whatever reason, and I'm not gonna get into it, I don't know why, this season has been dumbed down to six episodes. And it has not done her character justice to see that final break. Now I do know that a lot of people's arguments does center around how much more do you need to see and how much more betrayal does she have to put up with before you actually see the final snap? Well, and that's a valid point. Well, let me cl- let me clarify or ask a question to try to clarify. So what you're saying is is not that you don't understand why why you you understand why understand she broke, it, and I'm fine with it. But you wish that there may have been a little bit of a scene here and there leading up to the break in this particular episode, or maybe a little bit more contextual scenes for the whole season. If you go back and look at the way Game of Thrones was done from season one, from the very beginning all the way up, it was slow and nuanced, and it really made you feel the character's emotions from from every angle, from every side. Really did a good job of it. Suddenly, and again, I'm picking and choosing, but in this season, you went from a Daenerys that was literally in Winterfell helping protect humanity to two episodes later, she is turning an entire city into glass. And that's a, I think that's too much to bring into 180 minutes worth of showtime. So you, you don't <clears throat> think that the betrayal, the obvious betrayal and Jorah dying and all this stuff is enough? I think. Do you think there should have been like maybe one more episode to maybe show something? I mean, that's I think, what I'm trying. And, I'm trying yeah, to get no. Out l- l- I guess let me let me phrase this. And again, this is going to completely fly in the face of what I've talked about on this podcast for the last few weeks. Is where people, and I'm generalizing here, people on social media will invent their own theories, and they become invested right. in their own theories so much that they get mad at something that the show and the show writers never promised. That being said. I think if you used an episode to show her kind of in full, just like 
what am I trying to say here? Full separation from everybody else. She's not eating. She's not drinking. She doesn't want to talk to John. She Fucking wanna, angry. She Get did, that woman to Snickers. Like seething inside of Dragonstone. Basically, we're seeing the process of her going mad. So, you, so you needed those few days where uh, the girl came into Various and said the and said like she hasn't eaten for two days. You right. needed to see the kind of psychological toll this whole yeah, last few me, episodes taken on. Yeah, let me use that as an example. So, Varys obviously dies in this episode, which sucks because I really liked him as a character. Yeah. But it was fine. I get it. And it's fine. It was it was a good death scene. But and it had really great dialogue yes. leading up to it. And I think that's one of the things that's being overlooked. The dialogue from the opening to the to his death. Mm-hmm. So superb. Well, and so, I mean, it was so, great. so good. So with Varys, like, if you had extended this scene over the course of an episode where it's not... So what does she ultimately burn Varys alive for? Because he knows information about John, and he's spreading it. She doesn't even kill him for the fact that he is literally probably trying to poison her. If she discovers the plot that Varys has actually taken it a step further than just sharing the information... That kind of final push, along with her showing some pulling back and being segregated and, and disheveled looking, and, and that to me is a nice drawn out plot device. Because what you got in the show was Varys' death. She's sitting on the throne having a conversation with Tyrion, where he convinces her, "Please, if they ring the bells, they're surrendering." Like, can you just hold off the attack if you get that? She nods. She's pissed. You can see it in her eyes. She's furious. But she nods to Grey Worm, or as Will Compton calls him, Earthworm. (laughs) And (laughs) so as Tyrion turns to leave, she says to his back, you know we caught Jamie." okay? From there, she goes to battle starts, lands up on battlements. The bells start ringing. And then she decides she's going to go ape shit. I still, in my mind, was thinking she's just going to burn the Red Keep to the ground. But she literally torched the entire city. And this happened within 45 minutes. I think that's a... I, I personally feel that that's a big leap to take from... I feel like I'm still being betrayed, but I just agreed to allow the city to surrender. To We didn't even see... My big problem is, is we didn't even see her face or her reaction of riding the dragon and doing this. What is she doing while that's happening? Is she laughing hysterically? Is she crying? Is she beside herself? Is she seething? Like she's really like enjoying this. That's there just wasn't a lot to add to the significance of that big step that she took. It's not necessarily that she took the step. It's just, they didn't really show it to us. Well, Keith, let me ask you this. Would one more or two more episodes have solved all these logistic issues? Because it it really, for me, as a a person that has watched the show and also watched The Walking Dead up until this last season, I kind of gave up on it, was that it took, it took, it felt like it took a realistic time to get one place to another. So... It sounds like to me that not only is the logistics of getting one place to another kind of being shortened, but also what was involved in those journeys was the personal revelations and all that kind of stuff. How many episodes would have solved this problem, even though they were getting technically a full season when you look at the time length and the run length? Yeah, I I don't know. 
Well, I think we're getting shorted two hours, not to be yeah. nitpicky, but I think... Uh, um, no, that, I want you to be nitpicky. That's, that's why I asked questions. That, that two hours could have been some breathing room between the Battle of Winterfell and the trip down to King's Landing, where we got to explore uh, Jamie having doubts about being with Brienne and, and all of that, and we got to explore Danny's cracks, and you can see the... like. The, the pain that she's had from losing a dragon, the pain that she's had from losing advisors repeatedly, um, facing death and all of that. Like, we just kind of fast-forwarded through all of that, and it seemed very weird, and it seemed very rushed. And and that's that's kind of my main difficulty with this. This is the one thing that's really keeping this, that and you're on Grey Joy, which we'll get into in a second. But that's really the main thing that's, like, keeping me from being like, oh, this was a great episode of television, is that... We went from like these giant character arcs of here's Jamie and his redemption to we get maybe like a couple minutes of him staring at a fire and then he just leaves and we don't get to explore that at all. Yeah, I, that that seems shallow. It when, seems super rushed and weird. When she said that they caught Jamie, I was like, whoa. I was like, well, that th- I think that was my, besides the Dothraki army suddenly appearing in full force, mm-hmm. it's like they their numbers were never diminished. Um, that was one that was like, yeah, that that one doesn't track. Like, yeah. I I get it. I love the moment though. Yeah. So the like, Tyrion Jamie moment was yeah. absolutely fantastic. And, and but I love the even the moment between where she waits to say it until he has the back turned and and it's like a l- proverbial knife in the back. Sure. And I love the moment, but I would have loved to have seen. I think I think now I'm on board with what everybody's saying when it said when they say it feels rushed. I think I took it as a too literal meaning as the characters are feeling rushed with their progression. Sure. But it's really more you want to see more of the depth behind it. And that's – let me let – me, this is probably a shitty analogy. But seasons one through seven have been the equivalent of like living with uh, a really great chef who is cooking three and four course meals for you every night. They're exquisite. You become to expect it. You enjoy it. You savor it. You're you're really getting into the fact that you're getting to explore this whole culinary world. And then suddenly season eight has been the best chicken fingers and fries you've ever eaten. But it's still chicken fingers and fries. So are you the asshole for being disappointed that you were still served a good meal, but you weren't served a four-course meal, right? right? Like you've come to expect something extravagant, and you got something that was still very good, but it feels... But it's very obviously different. It, it's very obviously different, and it feels a little bit mailed in. Like, And, and then again, I, that's why I'm splitting hairs here. Like, I think another episode of development there, using travel as a plot device to where it shows Daenerys breaking some more, it shows Jamie's doubts about this new life he's chosen, all that kind of stuff, I think it would have helped. But again, I, I fully understand where people look at my opinion and say, how much more do you need to see? She has spent seven years like basically being held back from her worst ambitions by other advisors. Fair enough. She has. But to suddenly take, and and again, my biggest problem with her scene of melting the city is the same effect could have been done by literally dropping the red keep in its own footprint and turning around to the city and say, do you need any more proof? 
than this smoldering pile of shit behind me of what I can do if you turn on me. And, and again, I think that accomplishes as much of the rest of her advisors are standing around thinking, Jesus, she's mad. But she just, she, she melted a whole fucking city. So I don't know where the next episode goes. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the next episode ends up being incredible because of what she did. And, and if that's the case, then I'll gladly eat my words. But the episode itself just felt a little fumbly. Well, let's spend, we have about five minutes before we go to commercial break. Cool. I think we talked Daenerys into the ground, right? Yeah, yeah I think we're, good. we're on the same page. Yeah, I we're mean, on the same I, th- page. I feel like it. Let's talk about uh, the Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl, get hype! Did it? Did it? Did it live up to the hype? It's such a bullshit answer, but no, only because it never could have. Yeah, because people again, people made it up to be something. I was happy to see them fight. I'm glad. Th- I, I'm glad that we got that fan service. I'm okay with that. W- was that? That's not the mountain, though, right? That's not the it same is. guy. Is it it's the, the same, same actor? Okay. Oh, the same actor? It's not the same actor. No, it's it's not, same okay, actor. that's that's what I think threw this me guy for was a loop. Like six nine, four hundred pounds, or and, something. and he yeah. looked way more out of shape. Like, why couldn't they get he's, the mountain? I think he's literally like the strongest man in the world. One of yeah. those guys. Um, but so there's, I don't know. They've changed actors a couple of times at the okay. mountain, so it's just some kind of contractual it, it, thing. I think when the, the hood came off, I was like. Okay, I know that this is like Zombie Mountain, yeah. but we're not even going to remotely try to look like <laughs> Real Mountain. Yeah, I don't know. It was that was different, but I could accept it as you know he's undead and all that stuff. But from my my point of view, I felt like it was it was very fan servicey, like you said. But I felt like they did it the best way they could. Um, right. Uh, it had really good moments. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I got really strong like. Uh, Obi-Wan versus Anakin Skywalker next to the fire lava thing river vibes from it. <laughs> but other than that, like I Maybe thought that was their audition clip. Yeah. I thought that like the, uh, the, like, that's what you've always been line. All of that stuff made sense. I really liked all of it. So do you, do you like that? You know, the only way to kill the mountain was to go into the, the fire yourself. I, yeah. I thought that was kind of good. I liked it's that. It's a little on the nose. I do, it was on but. the nose, but but it, it served its purpose, and I thought it was done okay. And, and I thought that I, I did like the fact that there was not going to be the hound executing the mountain and, mountain and then dying himself. The only way to go out was for them to die at the same time. Let, let's what do I mean by that? Because he's just repeatedly stabbing him, and there's just not... Yeah. Yeah. The muscle memory, out. though, of the mountain to go for the eyes like he did uh, Oberon Martell. Yeah. Is that right? Did Ober- I get that right? Yeah. It's pretty close. And But then when he released it because, you know, he's getting stabbed, that was a very, I don't know, something about the look in the hound's bruised and bloodied eyes. It kind of, like, fucking creeped me out. It's like oh, the yeah. scene from American History X where the uh, Edward Norton curb stomps the oh, guy. Yeah. Ugh. It always makes your teeth mm-hmm. like. Just thinking about the, it now. Thinking about the eye thing is always going to make my eye. Touch. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's absolutely the most effective way to creep me out and curse me out. Yeah, is, is curb stomping and gouging your eyes. Yeah. And I'll take that a step further. Who who's the guy who created him? Literally got his brain sprayed out on the oh, stairs. Oh, Kyburn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Kyburn, that's like I mean that's definitely Kyburn pouring his hate and necromancy into into a character and that's what i did like about the mountain is it's like he's not just a bloodless killer like he's got some fucked up vengeance in him yeah Yeah. and and i i did like that and i really did like again that he went for the eyes i like that it was a brutal fight yeah 
Yeah. It, I mean, it should have been brutal. Let me ask you all, specifically you, Keith. Are you, you have a brother. We've had him on the show before. <laughs> yes. He's, he's a guest, I guess you could say at this yeah. point. Special guest. Um, are you the mountain or are you the hound? And because whatever you choose, he's the other. Yeah. Um, just because he's the older one, he's probably that the mountain also because he's the taller one. Yeah. He's, he's quite a large man. So just based on that, he's never burned my face with fire before, which I am thankful for. It's promising. And uh, I will be sure to remind him of that next time I see him. Hey, buddy, thanks for uh, thanks for never burning me with flame because I just took one of your toys. But Lebowski, let me ask you this. I mean, that's a nice answer, and all it's very soft. Um, who would win in the Herndon Bowl? Ooh. I give each of them a sword, appropriate Ooh. to their arm strength, because I'm afraid Keith wouldn't be able to lift the same kind of sword. I think Keith would. Yeah? Only because Michael can be a big, goofy bastard. <laughs> he is. He can be a big, goofy bastard, and I think his fatal flaw will be they're both handed swords, and Michael's too busy joking around saying we're not actually going to fight. Keith <sighs> comes in and takes that head off. Like, I think I think Keith immediately realizes the situation he's in. Michael's going to be dicking around. And, and I'll humor is going to get his ass killed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> or swerve alert. Is it a swerve? swerve? I'm swerve also alert. choosing Keith. Ooh. And here's why. It's because... Uh, we're about to go to our ad break, and K- Big Mike is notorious for putting cocaine up his butt. And I'm afraid during the Herndon Bowl, it will explode, and he'll just die of an overdose. So from that, just we'll go to our ads. Just giggling, and it's, that's just it. Just giggling, and, and then we're going to go to the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. And we're back. Well, there you go. That was a great ad. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, I'd have to pick Mike in the in the Herndon Bowl. You're not giving yourself enough 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 service here. He's got the reach on me. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, he's gonna be fucking around at the beginning. Okay. He's like, There's no way we're fighting. Off comes that head. <laughs> okay. I so, believe in you, Keith. so we all agree. A little bit more time. Yeah. Danny makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Clicking Bowl was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Lived up the hype as yeah. much as you could. Sure. Let's talk about Arya's. Story arc. Let's let's talk about the rest of the episode that, in my eyes, was pretty subpar. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, does and, that and involve no, Arya? That's fine. Yeah, we can start with Arya. Okay. Uh, what about Arya's story arc do you find to be below subpar? <clears throat> it's nothing wrong with her in particular. I'm actually even okay with her getting to the keep. Actually, I really did like that scene but yeah. between her and the Hound where she calls him Sandor. And... Throughout the series, I think they even say that after the episode. Throughout the series, there's like three or four people who call him that. Yeah, it so it's like twice, I think. Right, so it means something. It, it it actually was a heartfelt moment where he is looking at her. There's no bullshit in his voice because I mean he's been a harsh bastard yeah. through this whole series. He legitimately cares about her, and he looks at her and says, "You can't follow me. Like you have to know that if you follow me past these steps, there is no turning back. You will die." And it really fits in line with her when when she leaves the faceless men and she refuses to tell them, like, I'm not no one. I mean, I'm Arya Stark and I'm going back to Winterfell. It fits within that line and I like that. The problem I've got with it is unfairly the show has given her such ridiculous plot armor 
that the scene with her running through the city and everything's going to hell in the handbasket, I, I can't help but roll my eyes a little bit because you know she's not going to die. You know she's not in any, in any peril. But do, but do you? Because let me, let me give you a counterpoint. Because the whole time that she's running through that whole, whole city, right. I am on edge. I'm in bed. It's me, Huxley, and Lauren. And I am on edge because I'm thinking, well, she's not – her journey with the hounds ended. I feel like – Maybe her journey's ended with us. I mean, I really do because uh, you know, I just kind of feel that way. And maybe I'm too engrossed into that particular – I get engrossed in the moment of the episode a lot. I don't get engrossed in thinking that, okay, Arya's pr- – you know, she's probably going to do stuff in the future or this is in the past. I'm thinking in the moment. <coughs> and throughout that whole episode – I am putting hands on my head. I am just like, I quit breathing at one point. Because I really <laughs> do think at times that she's going to die. And I, th- I think it's because I just believe in the, I still believe in the Game of Thrones, anybody could die at any moment kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought she had a gr- nice moment. She gave up. It was the perfect moment for her to die in my mind because she gave up revenge to live life. And help others, and then isn't that the most Game of Thrones thing to yeah, happen? It is. If she would have fucking died, and that's and I believe that's an in excellent it. point. I, I mean, believe in it. That's an excellent point, and I really can't even debate you on that. I just well, well, I, no, it, it's different. And, and it's different ways of watching the show, and it's my own flaw is the thing that I rant about is that as much as I don't like to read other people's theories, unfortunately, from reading the books and the books setting an expectation fairly or unfairly for the show, I unfortunately go through the motions of. There's no way they're going to let X person die here because of right. Y. And that's and, and I get through that and in that some unfortunately, episodes. I get that. that unfortunately hurt the scene for me only because, you know, a couple of seasons ago she got stabbed repeatedly and didn't die from that. So I'm thinking she's not going to go through all this to die in a pile of rubble. But the point you make is an excellent one. And, and, and in retrospect, yeah, that, that would have been fitting. But I, I still can't help but think it was yeah. – they could have done it with another character and had the same – effect of how horrible this is that it's well, happening all let around. me put you on the spot sure who's the other character the onion knight i think davos oh, is a damn god damn it that was a <laughs> damn good choice i was I really was like, hoping you were gonna I, stutter you were prepared hot pie comes wandering yeah. out of his goddamn croissant shop oh my god my donuts but um you're but, burning all the bread stuff no, i think uh, just onion knight is a, i think a good choice for that because he witnessed or you know basically came up on the scene of the red woman sacrifice that kid to Damn, fire and all that choice. shit. And it, it means something to him as well. And even if he eats it in that scene too, I think it hurts because his arc is kind of a sad end. And I don't know. That's just, that's, I that, think, I, mean, I think it could have been done with the onion. Like what, what do you think about the Aria? Let's first talk about Aria. So I, I think I agree with you more so than Lebowski on, okay. on, this, mind. on the sorry. Aria part. Is when she was running through the city, I thought she was legit in, in danger because they did make this huge thing of her her whole like mission throughout the last few seasons and then last few books has been I've had this list and I'm going to kill these people no matter what happens. And she gets to the point where she's like, I can mark off like one of the last names on my list. I mean, at this point, That's with everything point. everything going on around you, you have to assume there's yeah. no Cersei's debt too, right? I mean, like you have to assume that everybody 
if you're Arya, you're walking around in your confusion, and it's like saving Private Ryan out there. Yeah. You're like, it's a good comparison. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody's dead. Yeah, and I mean, and you see her turn her back on on this whole mission that she's had the entire time, and so this is like a rebirth of sorts. And Game of Thrones is famous for doing this, and then murdering their characters or or making them turn in unexpected ways. And so during that scene, I was very much on the fence of whether or not she was going to make it out or not. Um, I don't love the whole riding out of town on a white horse thing. That seems heavy handed to me. You don't like the death white horse, you know, death that seems, comes in on seems town. seems super heavy handed to me. That was cheesy to me. Yeah, that seems very Hollywoody and something that wouldn't happen otherwise. But Did it turn you on a little? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> it did, did um, <laughs> What's turning him on? Arya, the horse, the, the bodies yeah. on Arya fire, <laughs> the destruction, yeah, everything. Uh, I okay. So I I enjoyed that. I thought that was very well done. That that accomplished the goal they were trying to give of how frightening this would be on the ground with Aaron Rodgers around you. Um, <laughs> but the thing that pissed me off and kept this from being a nine or a ten was the Euron Greyjoy scene where. He he blows up on the ship, right? right. And let's, you say, and you say he shows up out of breath, but he doesn't. Ex- let's, no, let's no, a, he doesn't. That's the reason. Let's I hold up. But no, 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 he, he do- doesn't only, doesn't show up out of breath. I mean, he's out of breath. The only reason why I want to hold up on the Euron thing is because I want to make this point before we go on. Because from the moment, whether I disagree with how it got up to that point, from the moment Daenerys took off on the dragon and started turning that motherfucker to a glass parking lot, I, I was all in. Incredible special effects, great acting. John dealing with the fact that Earthworm goes nuts. Like, it, it, seriously, the whole sequence was awesome. I was really into that. And even though I slightly disagree with the with the um, Arya part, I, I'm being very picky about that, and I know we am. But to segue into what he's getting ready to talk about, this is where the shit really starts to come off the rails for Okay, me. first let's talk about the battle <laughs> strategy of Danny going up into the sun and coming down when everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? <clears throat> Is that that's a good battle solid. strategy, right? Yeah, that's solid. Of course, it's it, one that does it. Does it make sense compared to what you saw in the last episode, where you know the dragons die and yes, all that kind of stuff? It does because that seems to be another thing. Is that well, well I she's mean, learning from her mistakes, yes. right? Yeah, and and they're probably sitting on their uh, laurels, sure. probably a lot of hubris, but she's also coming from the sun. Yeah, like fire. You saw, well, you saw them looking up. They couldn't really see her. Right. And it takes a shit ton to move the scorpions. The scorpions right. and all that kind of stuff. So she comes down. So we all agree. Good battle strategy. Yeah. Not really out of character for anybody no, there. No, no. no, no, no was, plot was, holes or cool. anything. Yeah. She comes in. She kills all these people and blows a, up all these boats. A plus dragon tactics. Yeah. And so we get to Euron washing up on on the shore, and you guys hate the Euron. Well, I'm going to say I had a problem with her not getting even fucking scathed. There, nobody came close with an arrow with the scorpions. Okay. We'll move on past that, though. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's, let's assume she got lucky. I, mean, well, no I, did, I did think there no was way. one point where, and, and here I am, that this is me nitpicking on a different scale. Someone got close. I th- I'm pretty sure oh, someone no. got and close. I, again, I'm, I'm using. No, I, I think I'm. I'm sure there were several. If I go back and watch yeah. the scene, I'm sure there's. But several when you talk about like slightly miss her, but one you, out of okay, thirty, when, use, you, when like thirty out of yeah. you know 
let me uh, use 49 my, Let me use my Arya argument here. Did either one of you think that Danny was going to eat it at any point when she no, was attacking no. the ship? Yeah, right. That's that's the point I'm making. It's like, the second she came down out of the sky, I was like, fuck yeah, she's going to rip this shit apart. But I didn't think for a second she was going to eat and it. That, and that's the thing is that <laughs> I was watching that entire scene as, I'm just here for the dragon I, stuff. I was absolutely was great. there for the dragon. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's go to Euron Washington on the shore like a you Sam. So you guys hate hate it. Yes. yes. Let, let me let me let me paint you the picture here. So <laughs> paint, we've, paint got, picture. we've got we've uh, got Jamie paint me picture and give me a PBR at the same time. We've got Jamie Lannister, who is uh, walked his way around the Lannister guards who are who are you know keeping everybody Which, out of Bonnaroo again, or whatever they were doing. Logistic problems. Um, that, that logistic they were absolutely issues. guarding Coachella. Yeah, yeah. So he walks around them, and he heads down the secret route that gets him into the uh, Red Keep, which nobody knows about and is not guarding. And just when he's doing this, Euron Greyjoy is the one person out of the entire Greyjoy Iron Fleet who is Halle burying his way out of the ocean from 007. And he is gasping for air. I do not want to hear this. That he was not gasping he's not, for air. He's not. I just swam miles from shore to the shore. But he, I mean, he's breathing. I mean, what did you want? Just dialogue of him just going. Ugh, yes. He was. He was taking pauses. If you go, and he was if you breathing. Go and watch the scene where they zoom out at one point from King's Landing and they show the destruction of she's just fucked up all the scorpions on on King's Landing. And where the ships are burning, it's, I'm sorry, it's when uh, Quiburn, Kyburn, Kyburn, whatever, um, Quiburn. Doesn't, matter, doesn't, matter, doesn't matter, he's dead, but um, Quidditch, the Quibbler, when, he's, when Quidditch is trying to tell Cersei that the Iron Fleet's on fire, it actually zooms out, and zo- the Iron Fleet is no shit five to seven miles offshore, but to be fair, he there is, is a good time that passes, we have to, here, here's he where was doing the safety up, float. But he yeah, wa- he could just been washed up. But he washed, he washed up know. on shore exactly where Jamie was right when he was walking by. Yeah. Well, okay, that <laughs> I will say this: that is a plot That's device. Cheese tastic. It was convenient. It was convenient as fuck. But, but also, all he wanted to do was to be Jamie Lannister. Did he? Oh yeah. Has that been established? Yeah. That felt very random no. to me. Um, that to me. Yeah, I, no, I could, I could. I mean, I don't know about he wanted, being Jamie. He, he was he, jealous of the Kingslayer persona. He was jealous of yeah, no, he was. his closest right. to Cersei. There was a lot of jealousy because I mean, this guy. Maybe that's a thing that I've ignored from the show, just because it's I don't, not. Maybe, okay, it's, maybe. It's, it's, it's not. It's not something that's put up on neon letters. It's something that, with, when I first watched it. And uh, it happened. I'm like, well, this is kind of fucking random. I'm with you guys. This is kind of random. I didn't really get the the gravity of the situation. And then I read other articles that detailed why this was a big moment. So, I mean, I did that. I did some research, you mm-hmm. know, because I was with you guys. I'm kind of like, well, this is it, it. It's one of those things that it's made for TV. And Game, of Thrones, and Game of Thrones has not really done that before. That's my problem with it. Yeah, I would say that's probably that's probably true. And yeah. I think I just I, I would I would have to backtrack earlier statements where I said in various forms or whatever that <laughs> I mean everything is true to the character, true to the story arc. This is the one thing that you're like a, you're like a politician apologizing yeah. right now. I love it. This is I this is the one things. thing. This is the one thing <laughs> that I would say. 
and I'm doing politicians. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing great uh, corporate hands. Right this now. is the one thing that I would say is the most made-for-TV moment. Sure. In my, in yeah. my mind, this uh, is the most made-for-TV. Because it's the yeah. one that thing was, that was just like, why you're on in him? I'm was, with you, Keith. Let, I, I missed That was it. NCIS. Let, let yeah. me remind you that his whole thing when he's dying is, I'm the man that killed Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. This motherfucker killed a dragon like two days ago. That that's the key. That's a great point. You're that the guy, man who killed a dragon. But he, that's a great point. He's he want that's the thing is that he wants to he, be Jamie Lannister. He wants, he no, wants to be the Michael Jordan of. That's Westeros. a great point because he's and, LeBron and I'm, James. I'm going too far trying here, to but be Michael Jordan. After everything that's happened in Westeros at this point, almost all the major houses are completely wiped out. Every major army that has taken foot in that godforsaken land has been mopped up. Who the fuck gives anything about Jamie Lannister right now? Everybody's like, I'm starving to I'm death and you. there's zombies coming out of the north. Like, <laughs> So the, I'm the guy who killed Jamie Lannister. That's a great point. Dude, you killed a dragon a couple of days ago. Can you, we talk showed, about, you showed up filthy as hell with them boats and slept with the queen. Can we talk about the meme of Jamie Lannister in the crowd with his iron hand? Oh, and they're all so talking good. about people at a bar. That is Nashville. <laughs> that, that is Nashville. Is. If you are Jamie Lannister, you are a man trying to get a drink. At okay, so let me, ask, let me ask you this question real quick. Yeah. Is this the greatest TV show for memes ever? Uh, this season. This season alone. This yeah. season is the only season yeah, of this good. show that has been the best. So let me let me let me finish my disgusting dump on Euron. Um He was kind of a throwaway character, okay. right? No, Does anybody was, else think that? It was, and here's my that's the throwaway part of him is this is my biggest part. I, I was He was even, a cool character, but he, he didn't was. really pertain he, he to He was, anything. but I was willing to forgive that thing. I was telling Keith this last night. Like I was willing to forgive the whole thing with Euron washing up on the beach conveniently right where Jamie was for this moment. I fully was fully convinced that as soon as he showed up on the beach that, okay, here it comes. They even made a big deal of it at the previous episode thing where he says, I am going to put a prince in your belly. And then she tells him that she's pregnant. She's not pregnant with his kid. She's pregnant with Jamie's, right? Right. So she told that lie. I thought for sure that we're going to use it as a plot device for Euron to look at Jamie and stay with me here. Looks at Jamie, however the fight goes down, even if they get in a fight, whatever. Euron basically tells Jamie, dude, I don't give a shit. I got your sister pregnant. Like, I've got a kid on the way, blah, blah, blah. And Jamie tells him, nah, bro, like, that's not your kid. I hate to disappoint you. Jamie finds Cersei, whatever. They're starting to escape. Here's Euron. And Euron's pissed. Because she's used the shit out of him. Now he doesn't even have a kid on the way. He's done all this, lost his entire fleet, lost everybody who served under him for a bitch that lied to him and is still sleeping with her brother. And he kills either one or both of them. That, to me, would have been the perfect ending to Euron's So you arc. wanted Euron to be part of the Alpha Chi Omegas and then <laughs> Jamie to be part of the Kappa Size. Yes! And then they just get into this you know, Bravo Channel type, yes. you know, well, just that, Vanderpump Rules me, kind of thing. I'd have been all in on it, let by me the ask, way. Let me ask you this. Were you satisfied with Cersei Lannister's death? She's not dead. Oh wow, he is—he's sticking to that theory. Whoa. I, I've never, you, I've not, not, you actually may not be wrong. I've not heard this. We—we, we, I mean, why do we have to assume that just because rubble fell in front of the camera that it fell on to the actors? And let's not forget that Jamie could have fallen on top of her to let her survive. 
people survive the the rubble of death, the cave in all the time across all media forms. Hmm. It happens constantly in TV shows. It happens on network until media you lot. yeah until Not you well written shows like Game of Thrones was for a long time for until long time. you but see it actually the death and the destruction sure I'm I'm not on board with just calling them dead but here's mm-hmm. the thing this season has already set a precedent of taking the easy way out I mean we just saw and and actually to back up your point how many main characters did we see die over and over again in the Battle of Winterfell. I was convinced multiple times that Brienne was yeah. done, done, <laughs> capital D done. Right. But yet she survived. But on the inverse of it, look at the way they cheaped out on Euron. Look at the, look at just the bullshit plot garbage that they have left hanging out there multiple times. I, I think she died just because I do think that they gave them the laziest way out. I, I will say this. If she is dead, it will be probably the most disappointing... Um, I'd say moment of the whole show for me for the whole so all the seasons. So you're like the I, I like this actually. I really but do I'm waiting. You're like I the, am waiting. You're like the video game review of you've played the single player of something and it's amazing. Then you yeah. log on for multiplayer and it's a fucking disaster. So your review at the beginning is not great. But right. then a few weeks later they fix it and you're like this is the greatest game of all time. Exactly. I, I'm cool with that. I, I'm, wa- I'm I'm at least waiting. I actually. On, that. I, on, on Cersei. Much I'm as I don't want to buy the theories, Cersei. I'm actually come on board with you. If Cersei's not dead, and we get to actually see her get killed again next episode, or maybe get revenge, whatever the fuck happens, I might upgrade my grade for the episode from a 7 to an 8. Here is my theory. Is that Tyrion tries to find his brother, make sure his brother made it out, because Tyrion is the one who directed Jamie down to, I guess you call them the uh, Red Keep docks or mm-hmm. whatever. What the hell was that? Magon's hold fast. Yeah, I don't yeah know. It's, it's not. So yeah, it's when not he's important. looking out of all the rubble and everything that's happened, looking for Jamie to make sure he made out, sees the boat floating out, he's going to go and find that Jamie has somehow, he, he's dead, but he's somehow been able to save Cersei. And it's like shooting a deer in the head if you shot him in the leg, a mercy killing. Oh. And he stra- and right. then you get your prophecy that everybody's complaining about. That's interesting. Tyrion strangling uh, Cersei. That's that. Okay. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That's interesting. If it yeah. doesn't happen, would make I am here to write for shows. Maybe you feel better about this episode. But the way the season is going is that Euron is operating a hot dog stand in front <laughs> yeah. of the entrance or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, the onion, the onion, he actually goes down. He just like kind of diddles around. He accidentally steps on Cersei. Oh. Mm. And then and becomes, she's dead, and it becomes the Bratwurst night. Yeah. So, are we are we done discussing Euron? I think so. I don't have anything else to say about my man Euron. So, was he your man? And no. like, are you he's, a he's, little disappointed? Was, I hate him so much in this show. Because wouldn't it he, been was, awesome? he was the band aid of this show? Yeah, they yeah. were like, we don't know how to do this, yeah. so throw Euron. Well, at and it. that's it's funny you say that. So this is and Zach, since you didn't read the books, Euron in the books, at least up until what we can tell, is a pretty pivotal part of the story. So yeah. it, it appears that there was no way they could get around him not being in the show. Yeah. Because there are actually minor-ish to almost major characters, one of which I can think of, that is totally not in the show. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of Greyjoys that don't so, even show up. But anyways, um, long story short, like I kind of I liked his character for the appearance, and I'm, I'm glad he was there, but especially the way it's ended now, just total fucking waste of time. Did any of you guys think that that was actually Joshua Jackson? I don't know why, but Dawson, 
Percy Dawson or Macy Dawson? I, I don't know. Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah, oh. no. He looks so. just like oh, adult shit. Joshua now Jackson. I know you're talking about. No, yeah. I mean, now I can't get that. To out me, of my I don't head. know why. <laughs> it just is one of those things. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, let's. Can y'all want to talk about Jon Snow? Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Can I ask you both? Sure. Do you think Tyrion makes it out of this next episode? Well, I'd, I'd like to answer that, but I really want to save that for the end of the Who Sits on the Iron Throne segment because Ooh. I don't – I'm not saying that I think that he sits on the Iron Throne, but I just kind of want to save it. But you're not saying that he doesn't. I will say this. He's going <laughs> to make it. You can neither confirm nor deny. I can't confirm nor deny. It's called tease. <laughs> Keith, let the tease go. All right, fine. I'm not a very good podcaster. I don't know how to do this. Okay, so we're going to hold off on our Tyrion answers. I mean, you can say yours if you think he's th- just going to die. He's, I think he's going to live, but I hate to say it. It's personal preference because I want him to live. I love the character so much, but I don't think he makes it. Yeah. So you think that he's going to die somehow, some way? I think he's kind of the final straw next episode of sure. we have to do something about old Danny here. He's made a real – I think I think he's my least favorite character arc so far because he's made some really shitty-ass, damn, dumb-ass moves since last season. Well, and that's what really sucks, and it kind of goes I, – I won't get too far into it here, but if you want to start diving into watching some of his interviews and stuff of how those seasons go, like season seven and season eight, his interviews are very canned. Now, look, I take it with a grain of salt because these poor people have been filming this for, what, nine or ten years now? Yeah, this has been their last decade. Right, so they're just probably fucking done at this point. But I think think he possibly could be unhappy with his role because his – whole character arc was pretty intelligent and smart and witty and all that and he has spent season seven and eight and part of the end of six making some pretty dumb decisions right he's made dumb decisions and been kind of the dumb joke part of the show too yeah yeah yeah. um i that's probably my biggest frustration with this last season has been Tyrion and very very inconsistent being very inconsistent with their former season selves like right it just feels like these aren't the same characters in a way, which yeah, is weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Well, so to – and, well, I think we need to talk about Braun. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Braun. Okay, was he in this episode? Okay, he wasn't. Because, okay. And, and that's where I was throwing you off when we were talking. Yeah, when we were talking about him, I'm like, no, he, I, did I miss he was not, him? What I was referencing is that where he shows up in episode four. Yeah. And it's a, it's a crucial scene that seems to be absolutely completely neutered now. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, right? Well, Unless Cersei's alive. Well, but okay, here's the thing. I know you don't want to answer your Tyrion question right now, but here's the problem with him even making a reappearance. And the problem with the scene in the first place about him threatening Jamie and Tyrion with a crossbow. So, <laughs> first off, why is Jamie even going back to King's Landing when he just found out that his sister literally has paid somebody to kill him? I'll set that aside for now. Mm-hmm. But... What is Braun's point to try to come back and get anything from Tyrion now? He's really going to get high garden, like the show's going to do that. But past that, like, Tyrion's probably going to die next episode. I mean, the chances of him dying are pretty high. So Braun can't collect any money from Cersei. He's not going to get a castle from Tyrion. So either he's going to show up and suddenly save Tyrion, which is a little weird, but okay, bring it on if that's what you want to do with the show, or he's just gone. Which means that entire scene of him coming in and threatening Jamie and Tyrion with a crossbow is absolutely worthless. Okay, let me say this. Let's say that Tyrion is dead, Danny's dead, John's dead. 
Gendry's dead. How's Hot Pie doing? <laughs> Does he? Even, who has? No, I'm kidding. So but who don't has, take don't take my Hot Pie suggestion seriously because I, I don't know who has claimed to the throne? If the Baratheons, the Targa- Targaryens, and the Starks. Well, if yeah, it's just the Targaryens. And, I mean, uh, the, I don't know. the Lannisters. The thing that the show has said over and over again is power resides where the population thinks it does, and so yeah. it would be whoever wins, basically, whoever shows up with enough force to do anything would be could could braun be that guy could he somehow the guy who has gone braun. without a seat without a kingdom and that's all he's ever wanted for seasons yeah it could be just him. show up at the end and be who like was, i think the, i'm it who was the premier league team that won a couple of years ago leicester city or whatever yeah. Yeah. is he the leicester city is he 500 what if he's the guy the, i'm telling you i think hot pie has a better chance <laughs> of sitting on the throne it's, than it's gonna be robin uh <laughs> Robin, what's his last name? The, uh, the guy from the Vale, yeah. the kid who drinks titty milk all the yeah, time. I he thought he died. Did he not die? I don't think. No, he did. Yeah, I think he's just being a titty baby back at the uh, <laughs> yeah, castle with the hole in the floor. Right. <laughs> the, the most OSHA fucked up thing ever. But <laughs> so I'm sorry, we got a little off the rails there. But again, my point is, and, and I kind of want to hear your but opinion. Maybe on this that's thing, that's like, why it is. I mean, possibly so. Look, and again, Bron- the next episode is going to answer a lot, and the next episode is more than likely going to make me end up looking like an asshole for a lot of the stuff I've said for the last couple of weeks, especially possibly tonight, because we don't know what's going to happen, and it really could absolutely twist a screw. But the evidence that we've seen for the last few episodes, to me, in my opinion, doesn't look too good. But I just don't see the point of Braun right now. Maybe maybe that was the point, is to have him like hide under the radar, and he's just going to come out and be like, hey, I own this... Hell in this fucking uh, city. This I know land. that like hindsight's twenty twenty, and this is way easier to say like now that I've seen like the episodes and everything. But I feel like it would have been so much easier and save so much screen time if we had not had that brawn thing, and we had just had reports from I don't know Kyburn telling Cersei or somebody else telling Danny that some like mystery like mercenaries have taken over Highgarden and we don't know who they are but they've they've totally over on the castle and it turns out that that's Bronn later like that would be so much better and then you don't have to devote scream time to that either so you wanted like Bill Lumberg and Kyburn be Bill Lumberg go uh yeah yeah somebody's taken over Highgarden yeah so I want to I want to touch on a couple of logistical stuff before we discuss john okay and here's my logistical problems with the battle he sure showed up you know i mean that was the big thing of the whole season everybody just showing up very appropriately well he did um so kind of in concert with how the last episode went with danny and a small contingency with her dragon within reach of those scorpions are sitting there at the whole Masandi getting her head cut off thing when the scorpions could have just wiped them all out and this whole thing didn't even have to happen but they had to double down again this episode with so what exactly was the iron fleet doing why didn't they blockade dragonstone okay fine they don't blockade dragonstone they're protecting the red keep they conveniently allowed the army from dragonstone to sail and land on the beach and then furthermore they set up their entire camp within reach of the fucking wall okay What in the hell are we doing? Let's try to tell the audience what you're talking about. So So the Red Keep, let's say Red Keep is due north. North of the map, top of the map. If you're looking at a map, it's at the very top. Okay. Where's Dragonstone from the Red Keep? It's like due 
It's, it's due east, just right out, like 150 miles out in the ocean, right? Okay, it's so pretty close. It's close by. So close by. Dragon Keep is pretty much down and to the right if you're looking at the map. It's, I think it's up and to the right. But up and to the right? Yeah. It's like northeast, northwest, something like that. Like so it's, it's in a canal, kind of. But where did they all come in at? Because they came in from the south or down from the Red Keep, right? What it looks like is that the army is sitting on the beach or near the beach to the southeast of King's Landing in between Dragonstone and the actual keep itself. So they were in Florida trying to get up to Tennessee. Mm, It's more like it's more like Dragonstone is Bermuda. Okay. And and King's Landing is Miami. Gotcha. That's that's what it's like. Okay. And the and the uh, Iron Fleet is kind of sitting in a horseshoe from Miami around to the Keys. Gotcha. So the problem is is that this army showed up over the ocean and landed. Even if even if that's fine. Like it, my problem with it is like why was the Iron Fleet not trying to blockade drag? They didn't have much of a fleet. They could have just sat offshore and waited for that dragon to take off and take another shot at it. Or, But my problem is, is ultimately that they took the army of Danny took camp right outside the wall of King's Landing. Like, just turn the scorpions and start yeah. lighting that fucking camp up. Yeah. Game I did, over. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole camp scene. I know it, you know, provided Tyrion and Jamie a whole thing. Yeah. Again, you know, discussing it. Yeah, I, I get it. Sure. In the moment... I loved it, yeah. But in the moment, or now dissecting it, I get I get the complaint about well, it. Well, and, and again, I, I'm being nitpicky, and I'm sure there are going to people who listen to this and roll their eyes and be like, "What a what a shitty thing to argue about." But again, this show has set the precedent of being well written, well thought out, and I feel like we're kind of getting like a little bit of the NCIS. Just I throw it out there because we, we need to move the episode. We just along. need to show. That Don't worry about there. logic. So are you waiting on? Uh, Harmon or Scott Bakula to show up? See, I, I I don't know who either one of those people are. You don't know Scott Bakula? Quantum, qu- Quantum Leap? Oh, oh, the, okay, that guy. Yeah. I think he's an NCIS guy. He could be CSI. That sounds right. I don't know. I, I, don't I know. always use those two shows as an example because I've actually never seen a full episode of them. My father loved them. I just well, I didn't know them. if you knew this about, but God friended me. But let's talk about... Uh, Solid fact, segue. Let's talk about Yara. Okay. And let's talk about a little bit. This is a little bit predicting before we get back to Jon Snow and stuff. Yara, Iron, her Iron Fleet. What what are they gonna do? Are they just gonna chill? Will we see Yara this episode? No, no. I think we're there's done with no, that. Was no, she a no weirdly reason. attractive woman? I don't think there's anything such thing as a weirdly attractive woman. I think there's just attractive I mean, like, women and well, non-attractive. I mean, women. like it was it was kind of a. Uh, sh- sh- Oh Your God. dog is snoring dog so hard. So loud. Uh, she was kind of a, I wouldn't say just a tomboy. She was like a John boy. Is that a is that a tier higher from a tomboy? <laughs> it sounds inappropriate, but it I sounds, can't tell you. That it sounds is. like something we shouldn't be discussing uh, in the 20th century. Well, she she just seems like she could probably beat the shit out of almost every male character. I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's there. that's how she's supposed to be. For yeah, sure. right, right. She's a Brian esque. So I mean, character. yeah, I. But like, 
Is she is she gonna do something no. this episode? No, Nothing? I think I uh, she just she gone. I am, I am she's is that her goodbye. She's been ghosted. Like they just good. wrote her off. Yeah, this is me calling literally like the the dog. <laughs> exactly, the poor one-eared good boy. Um, yeah, no, he only have one e- one ear. He got he lost most of his ear on uh. Yeah, if really? you if you go back yeah. to the goodbye scene that was like yeah, two I seconds went, long where I he mean, didn't touch him at all. About that, why would I go back and watch it? It's terrible. But yeah, no, they're not bringing her. This is me confidently putting chips on black. It's not happening. Uh oh. There's not. There's not. We're gonna win. There's not enough Yara time in this next episode. Well, yeah. No, exactly. It's like 90 minutes. Bringing her back for even 30 seconds is a waste of 30 seconds. She's on the Iron Islands. Let them keep doing incest or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Can we talk about the Golden Army? The Golden Company. Oh, the complete. Yeah, that's what I just said. Uh, they they were awful. They were terrible. Big setup for some uh for some explosive uh. You know what they needed? What elephants? Elephants wouldn't have solved anything. More, that would have you would have had a bunch of elephants on fire. And that's not Seriously, great. You know, seriously, just looking up at that red, keep going. God damn! I tell them they need more elephants. I just told them. I told I, them. I did particularly love that scene where where she was like, "Well, all he needs is one shot from the scorpions. All the scorpions are down. Well, we still have the Iron Fleet. The Iron Fleet's destroyed. It's just like it's so. It was like, so who nice. Was telling him all that. I mean, you could see it out think, the window. I, I, just, I mean, I, I guess, but looking she's out looking out the window. She, she was she looking doing? out the wrong she window. Was she was looking out the wrong window for the she, iron plate. Is she like Homer Simpson when they're like, wonder what he's thinking? They go up to him and he's going, it's obvious that in her, inside of her head, the hamster wheel is turning, but the hamster is dead. <laughs> Speaking of hamsters, uh, we have to go to commercial break. <laughs> All right. And much like Richard Gere, probably our commercial is going to talk about shoving stuff up your butt. I hope not. Oh my god! I, but I, I but I do love our sponsors. Yeah, our sponsors. All right, we're back. That was disturbing. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay. so yeah, I don't even think we need to spend more than fifteen seconds on the Golden Company because they were a complete golden waste of time. Yeah. They were. It was. It was a waste. Were we supposed to know who the guy was at the very beginning? Theoretically, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I think he that was, was just a pretty boy. His name's Homeless Some Harry. Pretty but what? He was what? His name's Homeless Harry. That's his <laughs> homeless nickname. Homeless Harry. I really, yeah. I really thought I you thought, said like some Westeros name. Yeah, I thought he said, yeah, I thought he said something else. Um, I think his name's Harry Strickland. Harry Strickland. His name's just Tom Savage. Um, no, but so I want to. I kind of want to discuss. <laughs> when did he got to Jon Snow? Yeah, I'm only. I want to leave Jon Snow for last, but uh, the last nitpick I want to make. Um, Oh, God bless. It was besides the Golden Company. But, yeah, no, it drove me nuts that Cersei couldn't just go look out the window. And, and actually, I've got a little bit of a beef with how they treated Cersei's character this season because she just spent a lot of time seething and drinking wine and looking out the window. Like, yeah, she but are we all a little bit of Cersei? I mean, I think... I've had my Cersei days. Sure. You're just seething. But yeah. she spent the whole season seething, and I kind of wanted a little more dialogue out yeah, of her. Yeah, she, she didn't That's have why it. she's not, not dead. She didn't have a lot of great scenes this this season, for sure. And maybe she's got a great. According to Zach, she's got a she's got one last great scene coming up. Come over, that would come be over great. to my yeah. side. I'm actually yeah. rooting for that now. Her and I, Tyrion, I, him sitting on a little bit of rock right next to her think, like uh, body, and he's just they're just talking for a good ten minutes. I think uh, I'm 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 on board with her coming back because if she just did, if she died to infrastructure, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, yeah, she died to ceiling. That's not. If great. that's the last time we see Cersei. And excluding flashbacks, which I hope we don't get any flashbacks, I'll be pissed. All right, let's get to John. That's not the right. Let's death. get to John. Let's get to John, and let's let's talk Ask about. Us. 
in game. I mean, what do you think about my biggest thing about John was what do you think about his soldiers not listening to him? Like, did anybody else find that odd that they just all disregarded him? Well, I I don't know. I, I say no only because there is this is bullshit because a lot of people try to compare the real world to a show and none of this sets off a lot of people, but there's precedent in the past of when soldiers see things going to shit, yeah, they will go crazy. Happened a lot in Vietnam. But I I, I was okay with it. I thought it added to the scene and it was pretty cool because it, it, it added to the just pure insanity of having a dragon over you torching the city and i i think that's i i I thought it was okay with it because i think you see it in john's eyes that he's lost total control like he has made a major major the worst that's that's all he does it's all All he does does is make fucking mistakes he's just like he's (laughs) like that he's that nice friend you have yeah that just just fucks up every opportunity he has he's great looking can't keep a relationship Spends every dime he has, or just every loses time it. he bends over, he shits himself. <laughs> he lo- he's lo- constantly losing his money to scams and multi-level marketing schemes. No, but I do like. I mean, you see it on his face. He's looking around. He's made such a major miscalculation with Danny, and his world is literally and figuratively cr- crumbling around him. Troops are not listening. Earthworms going nuts. It's uh, <laughs> earthworm is going nuts. Earthworm was going uh, insane. And let me let me talk about. Let, let's sidetrack a little bit about Grey Worm. I don't know the name of the actor that portrays him, Mm -hmm. but this constant constipation face (laughs) that 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 is it's for everything. Am I angry? I'm going to be constipated. I'm going to shrivel up like I just ate like a sour warhead. That's a fantastic point. I haven't noticed. I I mean, it's just every face that he makes. He's just. He looks like he, he he looks like he has an entire oh diet of cheese. It's, yeah, that's his blue steel, and that's his only look. That and and, and I'm steel. sick of it. And I'm I'm sitting there because Lauren doesn't watch the show, so it's it's me and Lauren watching the show, and Huxley is there, and I want to look at Lauren and go, "This motherfucker, he's I always do. constipated." And she goes, and and she wouldn't get it. Yeah. She wouldn't get sure. the joke. But before we move on, um. The thing that they've always done in the books and they've been very good about in the show is showing how much of a horrifying, horrifying nightmare war actually is. Yes. And how I they did a good job on the yeah, show. With that. And I think they did that in this episode as well, yeah. which is great. Like they need to show that like there's there's monsters within us right. that come out, especially in wartime. You you see you see the rape you see the pillaging you see all the awful like the worst parts of humanity come out with with war and so I'm very glad they they went with that and they also showed John overcoming that like similar to how they did with Arya and I so, think that was really important. So you like that the soldiers pretty much disregard John and we're just caught in the moment. Yeah, I mean, you don't like the. Act, I don't. I don't like the act. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you don't like the act, but you like how real it was yes. to what would probably have happened on the battlefield. That's yes. my fetish. No, but um, so I really like to me. I really liked seeing Earthworm lose it. Yeah, because I mean, it was. Now, the, do you mean that he actually pooped everything out, <laughs> or do you mean that him just going insane? No, where Grey Worm like fi- uh, it's 
It was a powerful his, scene. I his thought. was it. That's pure revenge on his face. Yeah, and I love it. He has nothing to live for now. Nothing to live for. And I, I really like that. And maybe that comes off as hypocritical because I just spent the beginning of the show talking about how I thought Danny could have used a little bit more of it. But seriously, he has nothing. He literally does not have his manhood. Yeah, his I girlfriend was about to say, is he doesn't gone. have a dick. Like, he is literally, comp- all he has now is to fight for that woman that's up there on that dragon going nuts. Right. And he is going to murder everything in his path, and I love seeing it. And, and I, and I felt like it wasn't. He had, he had less layers, right, to his character. So his, sure, his yeah. insanity was taken away or whatever. His yeah, humanity yeah. was taken away pretty easily. I kind of feel like it wasn't given enough of a moment, actually. Because, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you think about the Unsullied, they were originally slaves who killed they they basically were raised slaves they were given a puppy and they were trained to be these excellent fighters with no emotion or regard for humanity or anything else and then they have to kill that puppy that's the that's the entire yeah they're basically supposed to be these unfeeling machines of war that are incredible and and so he was given that and then danny broke him free of this and he finally got to be a human being and have this connection with miss andy and all we get is him freaking out on Harry Strickland and throwing a spear at his back. That's all we get. We don't get like him like enraged in tears of like pure human emotion finally but for the first time. Do they even know time. what emotion is if you're raised that way? Do you even know? Well, well that, I think that's the point. And that's a good point. I mean, it's it's literally the. This is the first it's like the real plot. emotion that yeah. he's felt. It's it's a little bit of the plot to Halo where they just break down these kids and put them in these you know, put them in this armor and they're just trained to go fight the worst shit in the universe. <laughs> this is how this is how you know I didn't play the single uh player game of Halo. I played listen, every Halo to, not, yeah. and I have no clue that children were involved. No, listen, not and, to not to go down that road too much, but if you if you need to go back and play the Halo games and pay attention yeah. to the plot because it's pretty fucked up. But um, anyways, so it is like they're broken human beings. He finds some humanity and all that. I'm I'm with Keith. I wanted to see a little more of him kind of losing his shit, and maybe we'll get to see it next. Well, maybe he's just not a good actor. I mean, all his, <laughs> yeah. he's got his, his only deal. face was constipation. He's got his flu show. Well, so, no, for for the role he was supposed to play, I yeah. actually thought I thought he was pretty good at it. Well, because I mean, if you're not a good actor and you have to play someone who's not very good at showing emotion, there you go. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Jon Snow. Let's go back. Yeah, sorry. Got distracted. Old John. To, John. To, to me, this was. I don't. I I loved it, and maybe I'm in the minority of this the this trio. I loved that he saw firsthand. He was told that he was supposed he needed to be the leader, and he's like, no, you know, what's her face? You know, hey, she she got, she got dragon shit. You know, I'll let her do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not guy. I'm yeah. not that guy. Right. And here he is seeing the worst out of all the bad decisions that Jon Snow has made. He's made a shit ton of them. This is the worst, right? Because innocents are dead. It's not just his own people are dead. It's that innocents are dead. And it's because that he didn't try to do something. And it was unnecessary. It. Yeah. It wasn't to, necessary for all these people to die. Eh, it's kind of necessary. Thing. And, and <sighs> if you. It's it's necessary in the mind. Well, the bells of, are ringing. Well, it's you know. necessary in the mind of Danny, Danny, right. because yeah. ruled by fear, right? Sure, right. right. So, but it's for not, him, yeah, like he could have stopped. I mean, it doesn't process, and this this is good, right? This is progress for Jon Snow. This is 
his whole story arc, it's it, everything was leading to that moment of just pure disbelief because you know nothing, Jon Snow, ma- mixed with the poor, poor decisions that he's made. I, I think right? It, I, I mean, did, you, did y'all like it? I liked I, it. I, I like it from the point of view that it teaches this weird lesson that is really hard to teach in a way, which is this is a guy who's never wanted to take the leadership role. He doesn't want it. He's the right guy for the job, but he doesn't want it. And by not taking the job, bad things have happened because of that. Right. Yes. And that is a really weird thing to to say is that not only is it not okay for you to not step up, like things suffer when you don't. And so I just think that's like a really cool lesson that is really difficult to teach. And I feel like that's kind of what this was. I agree. And I, you know, furthermore, what I like about it is that it's almost a a parallel and parable to uh, Ned Stark to where John doesn't know how much like Ned John can't even comprehend playing the game outside the rules, or maybe the better phrase is not to play the game. And that's what got Ned killed in King's Landing, is that instead of being a cold-hearted person and eliminating the Lannisters, he decided to try to be a fair, just ruler and not be the morally unguided people that the Lannisters were, and it cost him his life. John, instead of trying to be a better leader by listening to his advisors and maybe thinking that his own thoughts are wrong and that he can't trust Danny, he still has the flaw of, if I play the game the right way and be a loyal person, this is going to work out right. And at every turn, it's not turned out well. And the realization on his face of, he in part has caused what's happening in front of him. And that's that's ultimately why I think he will live and sit on the Iron Throne and he's going to be a broken person for it. Because he kind of calls this. I mean, he had the chance to take out Danny in whatever form and now he's got himself into a situation where she has absolute authority with what just happened. Now he's got to deal with a goddamn dragon, the Unsullied, and what's left of the Dothraki. So it's a problem. I really like, and and maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I think it's a Ned Stark parable or, or parallel where he's trying to play by a set of rules and nobody else around him is. Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting. You've got... You've got Danny, who's very uh, like nature, who is very like, this is how my parents acted. Sure. Fire and blood, like kind of psychosis. And then you've got John, who is, you know, the same lineage, but is very much nurture and is like, this is how my father taught me to be. Yes. And this is what I'm driven by. And so it's, 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 I don't know. It's very, it's such a well done story at yep. the end of it. And so. It really is for ever everything that everybody wants to throw at it and poke the holes and everything. I don't know. I feel like outside of a few deaths, I am I am walking away and very satisfied, and I'm walking in very hopeful to a really good season finale or series finale. Well, and yeah. that's where, and this is, you know, to to tie the bow on it and really try to you know give you the 
grandfatherly talk here at the end of it. This is where I have a problem with the average viewer and how they interact with each other on social media about shows that they like. Is that if it's not perfect from beginning to end, then it sucks. Everything is black and white, right? Game of Thrones is going to ultimately go down as one of the probably close to the greatest show that's ever been on TV. And even though season eight has been rushed in my mind, I can't discount that the other seven seasons have been some of the best TV I've ever watched, ever watched. I mean, I never would have thought that a fantasy setting show would have gotten ratings like this because people ultimately, the average person is ultimately turned off by things like magic and dragons and princesses and princes. Right. But we're brought this series that starts with political intrigue and backstabbing and it is turned into the thing that everybody absolutely has to have. But yet, there are people out there right now that are going so crazy on social media about they're ruining Game of Thrones. They're not ruining it. Ruining Game of Thrones would have been like starting off the season with everybody dying and then it turning into some kind of slapstick comedy or something. like <laughs> That's ruining a show, like jumping the shark and it getting stupid. That's not what's happening here. I feel it's a little rushed, but it, we're getting a a good ending and we're getting an ending that's in line with what the show was setting up. So I can't fault it for that. I really can't. And, and I can't imagine how hard it would be to write from source material that is excellent. And then and is in a voice that's not your own. You're writing the show based on, on the books by this guy. And he has this way of describing things, this, this worldview. And then all of a sudden those books run out. And you have to somehow try to write that story now. Right. Because that's the, that's one of the hardest things at, to do. Look at taking, you don't talk about taking source material and then adding your own flair to it and it blowing up in your face. Look at the difference between the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. Lord of the Rings was so well laid out and laid out such a good, like interweaving, very overly complicated plot to where the movies almost couldn't fail yeah. because they were just, it had so much to draw from. But then you turn around and take a book like The Hobbit that didn't have a lot. It's a very, very short read and drag it out into three movies pretty much because of studio greed and things like that. And then Peter Jackson kind of get a little full of himself and it turned to complete shit. Mm -hmm. So you can't look back at Game of Thrones and say they're ruining it because they're rushing the eighth season. I just, I I can't buy into that. It's still very, very, very good. And it's much better than anything on TV right now. It would be like if Vince Gilligan wrote the first few seasons of Breaking Bad, yeah. and then somebody came up to you and was like, all right, finish this. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, what? Right. Like, I have to figure out how to end this? Right. And it's, you know, if you're into music, it's like picking out a band, and it's like the entire band sucks because they released one bad album, yeah. you know? Like, if you take your least favorite Beatles album, you're like, Beatles are complete shit because they released <laughs> this album. No, dude. Look at the rest of the catalog they put yeah. out. So. I, you know, it's got to stop being so black and white with everybody. And just because, you know, if, if you disagree with how the eighth season is going, doesn't mean the show's bad. It's some of the best shit that's ever been out in media. Yeah. Dream scenario. Show ends next week. We get wins of winter release date. Yeah. The next you, day. You, you Yeah. You and I discussed this the other night. If, uh, if all Marty Mart is smart, the first thing he'll do Monday after it airs, Here's the release date for Wins of Winter. Yeah. Pre-order at your local bookstore. 
I got a little bit of game show for you. Oh shit! <laughs> this is a surprise. Yeah, this yeah. is this is Euron coming out of the ocean. All what right. is this? So, Keith and Lebowski, come on down to Game of Thrones questions left unanswered. Buzz. Keith and Lebowski, will Yara show up in the next episode? Buzz. No. 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 Absolutely not. Who is the Iron Throne destroyed? And does it matter if the Iron Throne is destroyed? I'm saying yes, the Iron Throne is destroyed. The Iron Throne is destroyed, and I think it absolutely matters. It's it's the plot device that's been sitting out there. You gotta do something with it. It's the Game of Thrones. It is. What will happen to Arya after she's on that white horse? Uh, Arya is going to end up killing Danny. Final answer. Arya's gonna literally get on the white horse and develop a coke problem. No, um, so <laughs> I, uh, I think she's gonna kill Danny. I agree. What do you think John and Danny are thinking right now, respectively? Boy, I can't wait for that next Terminator movie. Danny's re-evaluating her life. John is going to develop a drinking problem. Who was Varys writing his letters to? Uh, Casey Kasem. Game Informer magazine. (laughs) Are Cersei and or Jamie Lannister both dead? Oh, this is hard now. I think he's convinced I think you fucking... You accepted me, yes. Uh, Cersei's still alive. I think... I think Cersei is still alive. God bless, I can't believe I'm saying that. Because I think the show is fucked up and actually killed her this way. God damn it, she's alive. Does Brienne even matter anymore? (laughs) (laughs) She's still laying in bed crying. Oh, man. Um... She she does matter because she's going to end up with uh, Tormund ruling the Riverlands or something. No, we're not even going to see her again. She's done. She doesn't matter. Will Daenerys show any remorse? Yes, but it doesn't matter. No, I think she's completely insane. Well, that is it of the Game of Thrones. That was well-timed. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is a a professional podcast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, final thoughts. Yeah. Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? You start. That you is Lebowski. I know it sounds predictable, but it's Jon Snow, but it's a shell of himself with Jon Snow. I I think they're going to show him as a broken person because he's let this happen. It's a hollowed out Jon Snow. Look what you did, you little jerk. Man, that would be that would be a bummer. I mean, they've been telling us it's going to be a bittersweet ending, and I'm going to take them at face value. And I think bittersweet is Jon Snow sitting on the throne, and he has caused the absolute genocide of that entire city. Yeah. All right. Let me read you what I posted in our friendly Slack earlier. Uh, I'm saying that uh, the last episode is going to be Jon versus Danny. Jon's going to kill Grey Worm, getting to Danny. Danny's then going to kill Jon because, you know, he's coming for the throne. Um,. And then Arya kills Danny. And then um, we've got basically no one left to rule, right? And so we've I say we have Sansa and Tyrion, Braun, Sam, Tormund, all of the people left, basically all the main characters left, form some kind of parliament. And this new they so effectively Danny breaks the wheel technically, but in a way that she didn't really mean to. 
And so now we have this dis- different system of government. We've got this different. There's no more any like no tyrants. More no more tyrants. No more houses really. And we have this this democracy esque sort of situation. And uh, it ends with uh, old Sam writing a book about it. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go with Sansa on the throne. Sam. Sansa. Sansa. With Tyrion. I almost went Braun because I kind of feel like I think Braun is a sneaky choice. Mm-hmm. But I think Sansa, Sansa and Tyrion are going to rewrite how the throne is done. So Sansa on the throne with Tyrion as her hand or Tyrion as her husband? Tyrion as the husband. I think that they are literally going to rewrite how and why whoever sits on the throne is chosen. So it's going to be a rom-com. Yeah, there you go. Like you it. like it? Kind of like it? The like She-Wolf no, and the like Half-Man. No. In all seriousness, I'll, I like it. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. What if I, I mean, told you? <laughs> oh. Do we have another game show? I do have another game show. <laughs> this is great. This is great. I, I had no idea. If you've never been a surprise contestant on a game show, let me tell you, it's riveting. <laughs> Here we go. Crazy questions you ask Game of Thrones fans to answer crazy on a first day. Crazy questions. This is specifically for on a first day. What would Joey Tribbiani say if he watched Game of Thrones? Who's Joey Tribbiani? Joey Tribbiani is Matt LeBlanc from Friends. What would he say if he watched Game of Thrones? Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. I don't know. (laughs) Um, How you doing? Danny's hotter with dragons? I like it. Is who is the biggest idiot on Game of Thrones? Hot pie. Hodor. <laughs> oh no, oh, that's literal. That's, that's too that is, literal. That is literal. Um, the dire wolves. <laughs> How would you convince the Pope to watch the Game of Thrones? Uh. The Faith Militant are, like, at the top of the ladder for, like, two episodes. Just because you're in the cloth doesn't mean you get horny. There's a lot of wild shit happening. Boobs. Why do they not wear hats north of the wall? (laughs) That's a really good question. (laughs) Don't their ears get cold? I don't know. Like, 80% of your body heats also your head. I don't know how to answer that. That's just a mistake. (laughs) How do Lord Lord Varys and Theon Greyjoy urinate? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. No, it's just their balls, right? No, because he had the whole sausage oh thing, god. right? Oh boy. I think there's just a hole. Yeah, I guess. Final question. <laughs> Why don't Game of Thrones characters ever say, oh yeah? I because feel like <laughs> the Hound has had multiple times to say it, and I don't have any excuses for him. Because Slim Jims don't exist yet? Um, and Macho Man Randy Savage isn't canon? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, the wall came down, and oh. that could have been the Kool-Aid Man coming through it. That was a perfect opportunity for that dragon breathing blue fire to rip right through that bastard, blast some blue smoke, and go, oh, yeah! Man. Dude, I... Why don't they wear hats north of the wall? That's a problem. That is a problem. We only have so one cold. more episode left. We Are do. you guys ready? I'm ready for it to be over. I am. I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. 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 That is my opinion. Well, this podcast is over. 
Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. This podcast is over. And then we're going to go to this millennial music. I really thought you had a third game show. I was like, oh, no, my God. There's yeah. no third game show. Well, we have been football, another F word, or a song of fire, another F word. There it is. You got it right. You've been effed. Congratulations. You've been effed like Danny fucked all those innocent people. Arya is literally on the white horse. Yeah. She is ripping flow off some rubble right now. We actually have Whiplash dressed up as Arya right now. Oh, callback. And, and he is riding Huxley just around the whole fucking studio just slaying people. So great. A little meta yeah. podcast callback. Podrick Payne forever. <laughs> <laughs>